Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get to Old Navy to redeem your super cash. Use your Old Navy card in-store or online with your super cash to earn double reward points at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 6-2 to 6-10. Excludes gift cards. Double reward points offer subject to credit approval. Coach and Cole Show, Fantasy Football Edition. I'm the coach, Nick Olson, and I'm here next to the co-host of the show, Cole Fouts. And you have it locked in to the most informative fantasy football podcast in the universe. In this show, brought to you in part by GridironExperts.com, the website where fantasy football champions are born. You can't get a better intro than what that just right there i'm telling you right now the goosebumps are back because we're back for 2018 we're back for fantasy football and as that sentence says the website where fantasy football champions are born Mm -hmm. we were born fantasy football champions that's why we have this show and that's why we're here am i wrong or am i right uh, my first birthday, I, I won a fantasy football championship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. You're out of the womb, tossing the old pigskin around. Oh, yeah. And With the doc. With, yeah. You know, the delivery guy. Yeah, with the doc. Uh, he basically uh, snapped me, you know. The like, right out. Audible. Yeah. Hot route. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route. I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's and basically what it is. And I'm excited. I'm excited to be talking about fantasy football again, because Woo! honestly, though, the, the weird thing about this season is this off season. I mean, we still got, we've got, I don't know, roughly 90, 80 days, somewhere in there. I lost track account before the NFL season gets underway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got roughly about two and a half months still before the season gets underway, but it feels like this offseason was shorter than any other offseason that I can remember going through. I don't know if it's that way for you because it feels like we just – we didn't even really get a break from the fantasy football edition of the show. 
feels like we were just recording it, sitting in the same exact spot. Honestly, now that you mention it. You know what I mean? It does kind of seem short that we're already getting back, back into it. it. We're back into the swing of things. And not, not even just like fantasy football, like podcasts or fantasy football in general, but just like yeah. football in general. Like, right. I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about football just yeah. in general. Right. Yeah, it definitely seems like this this offseason, and it's not over, I get that, but it seems like we're we're on the fantasy football train a little bit earlier than we had been in the past. I wanted to remind you, make sure you go and find us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that already. If you are an Apple user, Cole, you still stuck iTunes. iTunes. It, I, I get it, but it, it's oh, Apple Podcasts now. Grandfathered in. Yeah, you're grandfathered in. You can still say it, and you're fine. Uh, I'm going to say the correct thing because I don't want people to get confused. And, and make sure you give us a rating. You listen to the show. You like what you hear. You don't like what you hear. Give us some feedback. Um, predominantly, the feedback we get has been really, really good, and we really appreciate that. We've built up a following here. This is the third year of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool for a couple of guys who went to school together and, you know, I had a, I had a dream about hosting a radio show. Aww. Thought we thought we were <laughs> yeah, you're looking at me funny. Thought we were pretty funny and thought we had some chemistry together. And this isn't going the way I wanted it to say or sound. It sound really weird. I'm not talking romantically. All right, all right, all whatsoever. Right. But what I'm trying to get at here is it's pretty cool that this has organically grown into what it is because uh, when we have a, a show that is over a thousand listeners strong per episode, uh, really cool. So thank you to everyone who listens to the show. I came back around each and every okay. week. Now it's okay. Yeah, I, I fixed it. Okay, and so very cool. So this week on this show. Uh, on this episode, we've got some cool topics. We're going to talk Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, the situation that is the New Orleans Saints backfield. We're going to touch on Jimmy Graham, his new scenery in the Green Bay, the land of cheese, title town, whatever you want to call it. How is he going to fare there in Green Bay with his new surroundings and with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball? And then the team that interests me, unlike no other team this year, is the Cleveland Browns. You're not even going to believe it. And that is so weird to say, but the Cleveland Browns. I'm excited to watch the Cleveland Browns play football. I am. I am as well. Um, same head coach, 0-16 last season. 1-15 the year before. 1-15 the one, year before. One win in two years. And he's still the head coach. And that doesn't happen too often in the NFL, if ever. But I will say they've got a squad. And we're going to talk about the new look Browns and what you can expect specifically from their three guys that they brought in and what that offense is going to bring to the table, fantasy speaking. So with that being said, let's, let's kick the show off here, and let's talk about Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Because Alvin Kamara is a guy that a lot of people have fallen in love with. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so, I guess. I mean, you can, and what I mean by that is you can see why. Um, you know, the, the running back he split carries with last season is gone for the first four games because Mark Ingram tested positive for PEDs. He will miss the first four games of the season. Even without that, though, I think Kamara was a lock for a top 10 running back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a guy that I currently have ranked as the first running back of Tier 2 right now. I've got him sixth. So right now, my my top tier is Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Leonard Fournette. Those are my top five. Okay. Okay. And then you've got Kamara right there, and then I've got Kareem Hunt. So, so. And in all honesty, I'm on the fence of moving Kamara down a little bit. And and that's surprising for a lot of people. He scored 13 times 
on 201 touches last year. He averaged 7.7 yards per touch. That was the highest single season rate of production among all players with at least 200 touches in NFL history. So that's never been done before. Take that for data. And here's a fun fact, and I, I just wrote a piece on Ty Montgomery on, for Gridiron Experts. He's the only running back with a higher yard per touch rate than Ty Montgomery since 2015. So Ty Montgomery is a topic for another another time. Check mm-hmm. out my article on, on GridironExperts.com if you want more info on that. But it was I'm not just saying it because yes. you're the, my co-host and my friend. It was very well written. It's probably the best article I've seen you write. I've read. From Appreciate you. that. Yeah. That's, that's it's good stuff. Touching. Yeah. And so you looked at him through week 10 of last season. Ingram had out-touched him 175 to 106. From week 11 on, Kamara and Ingram were basically dead even. They had 117 and 118 touches, respectively. We talked a lot about that last year on the show, about how their touches were evening out. Yep. But they were both still fantasy monsters throughout the, throughout the season. You know, he was basically brought on as that scat-back type guy who comes in, um, catches passes, and they use them sparingly. And as the year went on, he was – really uh, a timeshare back. He was on the field for 65% of snaps in both postseason games. Ingram was only on the field for 27% of those snaps. So as the season went on, he did get more, more touches and more snaps. Now, here's what I want you to keep in mind. If you take a look at his yards per attempt as games go on, his yards per attempt goes down. It starts at over six yards per carry in the first quarter and it finishes, he finished games around 4.6 yards per carry, which is still pretty that's good. Still better than 95% of running backs. Yeah, it seems like. that's still good. Um, but what I'm worried about here is that the fact that he's never been the guy, he's never, ever been the lead guy and a guy that they, a team can rely on. You look back at his two seasons at Tennessee when he was in college, both seasons, he was part of a running back by committee, both seasons, he received, the least amount of carries of the three guys. And, and get, don't get me wrong, he averaged seven yards and 6.9 yards a touch, but, which is it's remarkable, but there's no way. It's also college. It's correct. But there's no way that Kamara can withstand his 7.7 average in 2018 without Ingram. There's just no way. He's great in space. I, I just believe that he needs to be that change of pace guy who's not on the field all the time. I think that role, the role he had last year, with New Orleans is fitting for him. So it'll be interesting to see what the Saints do in the beginning of the year without Ingram. And interesting thought I had, what if they were to sign a guy like DeMarco Murray, who's still on the free agent market to fill that role and then to become the third guy? Because a lot of these teams are going to three-headed monsters. A lot of these teams want a running back by committee. And he's a guy that could fill that Mark Ingram role and run straight, straight, you know, in between the tackles and downfield and could really help them out. So if they don't do that, I, 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 just, I, I just think it's going to be interesting because I, I don't know if he's going to live up to the number four or five or six pick in the first round. Because I, I, I want to point out this too. I mean, Cole, how many times have we seen the sophomore slump yep. hit a top r- rookie running back? We see it all the time. You go back to 2012, Doug Martin, Alfred Morris, Trent Richardson, they finished in the top 10 in rookie running backs. All three, they were first-round picks the following year. All three fell into a slump. Um, Martin missed six games. Some of them got hurt. Richardson, we we seen what happened to him. He was never the same again. 
Alfred Morris finished in the top 20, but he dropped 71.7 standard fantasy points and was nowhere near his, his first round price. So, and you go through 2013, the same kind of thing. Zach Stacy, he was a guy that was had, had a ridiculous year out of nowhere as a rookie, uh, complete disaster the next year. He only had uh, 110.9, excuse me, at 110.9 fewer fantasy points than he did the year before. So we've seen this happen time and time again. Um, and with all that being said, he's still yeah. your number, what, five or six, he said? He's still my number six right now. Right. So it's not like. For those of you who probably sound like coaches probably hating on this guy, yeah. but like he still has my number six. With all that being said, I like the idea of Murray. Me too. I I just I happen to look at that and it's it's like, the, wow, he's still sitting there. That would be a perfect fit. They get, uh, you know, four games of him yeah. splitting splitting with with uh, Kamara. You keep him healthy, uh, you keep him fresh, and then you get Ingram back, and now you have a three-headed monster, not necessarily one that you need to play DeMarco Murray. You just have him there if you need him. Right. Um, um, Sean Payton, this, this is why I have him at still at number four. Okay. Uh, Sean Payton came out and said that um, it would be a mistake to give him 15 more carries per game. I I think that it would, what, like three or four more carries per game okay. for the first four games, and that's it, really. Yeah. I, think it, I think it pretty much reverts back to uh, last year. And I think that Kamara might get a couple more carries per game, like throughout the season. Yeah. But I don't think it changes dramatically in those first four games. I think they still have those two running backs behind Kamara right now, Trey Edmonds, and then the rookie, Boston Scott, who a lot of people have him as a sleeper. Yeah. And my thing with him is that he's a smaller version of Kamara. So I don't know how much he's going to be really affecting taking those first and second down runs that, that, Edmonds probably will, or maybe if they bring in if they bring in somebody, yeah. Um, but I think that Kamara is underrated as far oh. as running between the tackles. I don't think people really think of Kamara as a uh, between the tackle guy. Right. I think more of, more of a scat back. But he's what five eleven, six foot, two fifteen. Yeah. yeah, he's not a small dude. Yeah, yeah, he's um, bigger than you think. Yeah, as far as his weight and stuff like that. And um, he, I think he. If I remember correctly, he had the most missed tackles last year. Most missed tackles produced. Yep, yep. So don't think that missing four games of Ingram is going to change them dramatically scheme-wise. Maybe they pass it a few more times in those first four games yeah. than they would last year. Uh, I mean, speaking of which, I think Drew Brees had a down passing year. And I don't think that's a trend that we're going to – I don't think that's going to be a trend. Right. I think it's going to revert more to uh, the passing game in New Orleans. Yeah, and you mentioned his elusiveness rating. Uh, they started that in 2006, or you mentioned his elusiveness. They started the rating in 2006. Only once has a running back gone over 96.3. Tamara had an 108.5. I'm not even sure what that means. In 2017. Like, I don't either, but that sounds really good. Yeah. 492 running backs have had over 150 touches uh, over that period since 2006. So to qualify, they had to have so many touches. So 492 running backs. He's the only guy that has over 96.3, and his was 108.5, 12 points higher than the next best player. So he is sneaky. He is sneaky. You can't sneaky tackle him. He's Yeah. But also he's sneaky strong. He's a great player. And, and like I said, I have him at six. My concerns are the fact that he's never had that role. And I guess the, it comes down to, like you the said, more slump. 
the sophomore slump, and it comes down to how New Orleans decides to attack this in the first four weeks. Because I think if New Orleans decides to give him the ball 20 times, 20 plus times a game, and I think by the end of the season, he'll be kind of burnt out. Right. I, I don't think that is what you want to see happen if you're an Alvin Kamara owner. I think you want him to be 10 to 15 touches, catching balls out of the backfield, and, and doing what he does best. Uh, you don't want them to just hand him off the ball. Um, cur- currently right now, his average draft position is the fit, number five overall running back and the number five overall player. So, so right between the, us. So you have him four, I have him six. Right in between there is the consensus from Fantasy Pearls right now. Um, so I think we both agree that Alvin Kamara is really good at football. <laughs> um, whoa, 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 whoa. You like him a little bit more than I do right now. And the, the only thing that, like I said, those are the reasons why I'm thinking about moving him back a peg or two. And so the fact of the matter is, is in the first round, if I have a pick in the top five, I'm going to choose another running back over him. That's just, that's, and, and whether or not that's the, that, that could come to bite me, I'm not saying it couldn't, I, I'm not saying he couldn't have a great season, but I think it's all going to come down to how the new Orleans saints decide to attack this. And that's something we can't predict. So, right. Um, Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton. What is Sean Payton going to do? Tell us Sean. <laughs> well, let's move on and talk about Jimmy Graham here, because this is a really interesting story uh, for, throughout the NFL in this off season. Green Bay, let's go, fan favorite, Jordy Nelson. And Aaron Rodgers has come out and kind of displayed his displeasure with that decision. Now he's got a much bigger target and a guy who was at one time considered the best tight end in the NFL in Jimmy Graham, who also caught passes from a guy we were just talking about, Drew Brees in New Orleans. (laughs) I don't know if he's ever caught a pass from him. Um, But Jimmy went to Seattle and that just never really seemed to work out. They didn't utilize him right. He didn't fit their system. It was a head scratcher for me throughout the whole time he was there. And I think because of his lack of production throughout his time in Seattle, he's kind of fallen off the radar for a lot of people. Even so, like he still caught 10 touchdowns last year. Right. He, and I don't think many people thought of him as a, uh, a go-to tight end that, you know, looking in your draft, like, oh, I got to pick up Jimmy Graham. Right. Now, interestingly enough, you had Jimmy Graham last year. I did not. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I thought you did. I, I tried so many times. Okay. That <laughs> um, interestingly enough, you mentioned the fact that he had 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham happens to be one of six tight ends that are aged 31 or older that have ever reached a double-digit touchdown plateau. So that's never, almost never happened. Only six over the age of 31. What? What? Yeah, and he was one of them. And that was with Seattle's 14th-ranked passing offense. So you look at that, and, and here's another stat for you. There's only four players in the history of the NFL that have reached 1,000 yards as a tight end after the age of 31. So you combine those two things, four, four players to get 1,000 yards as a tight end after 31 and six tight ends to get to 10 touchdowns after 31. He's done one of those things. And he so, did uh, that in a much worse passing offense than what he's going to be in this year with Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is the number one consensus fantasy quarterback. Obviously, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But 
the naysayers right now are are saying that he's never produced an elite fantasy tight end. Uh, Jermichael Finley never reached double-digit touchdowns. He never posted a 1,000-yard season. And, of course, you and I were both loving the fact that Green Bay went out and got Martellus Bennett last year. We thought that was going to be a great fit. We could not predict the future about how weird he is. Well, I knew he was weird. Well, we knew he was weird, but – I mean. We didn't know what was going to happen there. We didn't know that he wasn't going to fit their scheme and, and, and fit in the locker room, okay? Yep. And that just you can't predict something like that. So it didn't work out. And so a lot of people are pointing to those things. But there's one thing that I want to, that I want to point out, and it's, it's something that we used in our argument for ranking Martellus Bennett as high as we did last year. If you remove last year, so you don't count last year because Aaron Rodgers was hurt for most of the year, broken collarbone, et cetera. He hardly, did, he, you know, he didn't play most of the year. You get rid of that season. Rodgers has thrown to his tight end over 100 times four out of the last five years. And these are guys like Richard Rodgers, um, Tom Crabtree, uh, you know. Corliss. Brandon, Andrew Corliss. Brandon Bostic. Brandon Bostic. That- bastard uh you know so those are the that's the the tight end receiving core that he's had to throw passes to not great not great not great at all and so now he's got a guy who is you know borderline elite still at this time he again he's over 31 but he's one of these guys that's done it and not a lot of people know this but he used to play basketball so he's able to get up there and box guys out there in the go. red zone, get those touchdowns. And that's the thing. Ten touchdowns last year. and I want to say like eight of them were in the red zone. They were. Catch a whole lot. He didn't do a whole lot like as far as yardage. Um, but I'm pretty sure majority of those touchdowns were in the red zone, which without Jordy, I think Jimmy Graham is going to excel in the red zone. I agree. Yeah, without Jordy because Jordy was – was was Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. Yeah. Now, Devontae Adams had an uptick in touchdowns, but you have to remember Devontae Adams was Brett Hundley's guy right. in the red zone. So I don't know how that's going to translate. He's guy in general. Right. Um, I don't know how that's going to translate to Aaron Rodgers, but I guess to, to kind of throw the icing on the cake and kind of see where, where, you're, where you're at with him, um, you know, the, the lack of volume – any receiver really gets in an Aaron Rodgers offense because he spreads the ball around so much. Is that going to limit his value? I think it limits Jimmy Graham's value in PPR formats, right? Because maybe he, he, he's a guy that will have four, three and a touchdown or four, 65 and a touchdown. Maybe he's going to be that guy. We don't really know, but we know that Brett, I almost said Brett Favre, that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> spreads the ball around and he's not going to get the volume of say a Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz. But I think in standard standard scoring where you get the six points for the touchdown and you're not worried about catches, you're just, you're just looking at yards and touchdowns. I think Graham has got probably the best chance of anyone to finish at at the top of the list in touchdowns again. And I think he's a top three guy. I think that he's going to be, I don't want to say number two, but I'll say easily number three in catches in Green Bay. I think they use him more as a receiver like New Orleans did mm-hmm. than I agree. what Seattle tried to do. Yep. Uh, I think with the addition with Mercedes Lewis, the best run blocker last year, 
Yep. I think that tr- helps him tremendously. And not counting his rookie year because he didn't play a whole lot. Um, the four years in New Orleans, he averaged 89 catches, 138 targets, uh, 1,099 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And in the three seasons uh, with Seattle, the first year he only played 11 games, not 16. He averaged 57 catches on 89 targets. So same amount of catches as targets yeah. from New Orleans to uh Right, Seattle, so not great. 683 right. yards and six touchdowns. And if you split that right down the middle, I think this is what you could end up with. Okay. 73 catches, 114 targets, 891 yards, and nine touchdowns. I think that's very doable for him in this offense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I would not disagree with that. I mean, there's a lot of targets to go around that Jordy Nelson's leaving on the table. Uh, I, I guess. I, I really think that they use him a lot Yeah. like uh, New Orleans did. That that's I think I think they're going to mirror. I think what Green Bay is going to do is almost. I mean, you you. When was the last year that Jimmy Graham was in New Orleans? You had that pulled up. It was 2014. <clears throat> 2000, yeah, that's what I thought. 2014. I think you're going to see a very very similar offense here in Green Bay to that 2014 New Orleans offense where you had a Darren Sproles. Uh, you've got a Ty Montgomery now that really fits that same role. You've got three running backs to use. Um, you, you know, you've got. Jimmy Graham in the mix and you've got a blocking tight end. They had, I believe they had Ben Watson there um, at that time. I could be wrong, but they, they had another uh, tight end there. Also, I think that, the, do they have that Hawaiian? The Human I'm in there you go. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes. Michael Human. Yes. I can't, I can't. Okay. So th- there's your Mercedes Lewis. And then at that time, Marcus Colson was going deep. Yeah. You have uh, Jamon Moore or one of these other tall receivers to fit that, uh, you know, and then you've got, Randall Cobb and, and your slot also guy. Also happen to have Devontae Adams. And have, I mean, so th- this team, I think, is going to put up a ton of points as long as these pieces stay healthy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have Jimmy Graham ranked fourth right now. Um, Where do I? Have? That's his average draft position right now is the number four tight end overall. I have him right on par with that. He's the number 52 overall pick right now in drafts according to Fantasy Pros consensus average draft position rankings. I moved him to number five. He's my number five tight end. You have him five. Yep. Okay. Yep. I might even move him up to number four. Mm-hmm. I just, I really think that he's going to produce what, basically what happened in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I think I'm with, I think we both agree on that. I think he's in a position to really have a breakout campaign. And we, we posed the question across social media, uh, could Jimmy Graham return to Pro Bowl form? Will he return to the Pro Bowl? I think if he leads the league in touchdowns in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers in that offense, I think he goes back. And another thing with it, too, the, the signing of Mercedes Lewis, mm-hmm. the fact that Mercedes Lewis said Rodgers and Graham are the ones that brought him in. The fact that right. Graham and Rodgers already have that type of relationship where they can bring in another tight end. Right. I mean, that, I think that just speaks to that relationship. Like, that can translate to the field. Exactly. And Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers met at a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. and had been talking about the possibility of playing together ever since. So now yeah. here it is. Um, Brown James, Dwayne Wade, part two. There you go. <laughs> They're not going down to South Beach. They're going – Jimmy played at Miami, though. So. To Green Bay. All right, let's talk about the new look Cleveland Browns. Can't wait. My favorite team in the NFL. And, <laughs> I think I said that last year. Yeah. I, think, I think at the end of the year I, I just I put all my chips on the 0-16 you season. You did. That was great. I'm really interested to see what this team can do this year because obviously the move that 
everybody was talking about was the fact that they brought in Jarvis Landry. They handed him a boatload of money. He had four four hundred receptions over his first. He had four hundred receptions over his first four seasons. That's more than anybody else in NFL history has ever done. He sports a career seventy point two catch rate, which is amazing, and he's coming off a nine touchdown season. So he's a slot guy. We know that he's got great hands. And the fact of the matter is going to be Cleveland has more miles to feed than Miami had, first of all, because you've got Josh Gordon back in the fold and you've got Corey Coleman and you've got David Njoku, who underrated is very underrated and is a guy that you should be targeting in your fantasy football drafts uh, mid to late round. Yeah. Yeah, Because he, he's going to be, he's got a chance to do something really special because you talk about, Tyrod Taylor and his love to throw to tight end. He Charles Clay was one of his favorite targets in Buffalo. Now he's going to get David Njoku. So and Njoku can obviously catch, but just based off of athleticism alone, yeah. that kid's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so then you got to talk about Tyrod Taylor, right? I mean, he had a, a pretty solid record throwing to his outside guys. Um, attempted twenty percent of his passes to slot receivers since two thousand six. So less than 20% of his throws went to the guys in the slot. So that should be concerning. Um, Especially with Duke Johnson still there too. Right. So you've got Duke Johnson and Jarvis Landry, two really good slot guys. So obviously I think one of the big reasons is, is that he didn't have a good slot receiver to throw to. Yeah. I mean, really. Um, he, he trying just off the top of your head, think of the slot guys in Buffalo. Yeah. So, I mean, the only guy I can think of is Jordan Matthews and then, I believe he was hurt right away. So beyond that, really, there's no nothing that that you know, crosses in, my in mind. Three years he's been there of anybody that was worth anything. Yeah. So I mean, you you, you take that into consideration also, um, and then the fact that most times the Cleveland Browns play from behind, and so you know you look at the team and what they've done. They've they've thrown at least 560 passes in the last three seasons. So they're gonna throw the ball. Um, the the thing is there's so many variables to how this could play out. Right. I mean, first of all, it's the Cleveland Browns. They've been so bad, but on paper, they look so good right now. Um, (laughs) even if they end up throwing the ball like crazy, like they usually do Landry averages 10 targets per game. He averaged 10 targets per game last year. That's really not that reasonable because of all these other guys that are in Cleveland. Like I mentioned, depending on health issues, of course, always, um, I think eight targets a game is probably more realistic. That's, that's what he did in 2016 with all these other guys around him. I, he's their, their top paid guy. So they're going to want to get him the ball, but I think eight targets is reasonable a game. I'm thinking you're going to get what 90, 90 catches on that. He's hit that mark three times in the last four years. I mean, I'm a huge Jarvis Landry guy. I've been sticking up for him for the last couple of years. You and I have talked about this all the time last year. I had him. He was on everybody's shit list because he was Ryan Tannehill's security blanket. So therefore, because Ryan Tannehill was hurt, you cannot draft Jarvis Landry because Jay Cutler won't throw him the ball. That was the dumbest thing. Are you and kidding that just so me? happens to be his most catches and most touchdowns. Although he had I remember reading something that like he had a like an average of like running backs. Like the same amount of like it was basically a run play every time he yeah. got the ball. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Right. I mean, you've got his stats pulled up right in front of me. Yeah. 
Read his targets off the last four years. 111, 165, 131, 160. That's unbelievable. And on that, it's 84 catches, 110, 94, 112. Uh, the lowest last three years of yards is 987. He's went over 1,000 yards twice. Not a big touchdown guy. Last year was the most with nine. Prior to that, it's been five. Right. But his average last year was 8.8 yards per catch. Which anything under 10, I think, is just not very good. No. As a receiver? No. Uh, he averages 10.1 for his career, over 1,000 yards, 100 catches, five and a half touchdowns. And, but here's and, the same with another him. thing, too. He, he's played all 16 games. All four, four years. years. Exactly. Pretty and, durable. And the, and the thing with Jarvis Landry is, is if you're playing in a PPR league, he, he has much more value, obviously. And, in fact, the two years – uh, last year and the year before, had him on my team, went to the championship both of those years. <laughs> and then you had him last year in our PPR league, and then you won the league and were in the championship. So the correlation I don't think is, is too far off. I mean, in PPR league, Jarvis Landry is a is a huge asset to have. Um, it's I mean, just It just remains to be seen. We're talking about – a new new team, and the new team happens to be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So how much stock do you want to put into this guy? And I'm a, I, I am on the Tyrod Taylor bandwagon. I have been since last year. When they benched him, it was ridiculous. Um, you look at what that team had around him and the fact that he was able to lead them to the playoffs, um, LeBron-esque, I would say. And even they try to tank the season – they couldn't do it. They could not tank the season. They benched him to, to tank the season, to lose a game. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Didn't matter. They were just, they were just too good. They traded away players that were good. Yep. Starters. And they still couldn't stay out of the playoffs. Yeah. Damn it. And, and he was a big reason for that. And now he's gone. So They got what they wanted. They they got what they wanted, and so the question is, and and for for ex, for example's sake, let's say Tyrod Taylor just has a terrible start. He plays the first five or six games; it's not looking good. Then you're going to bring in Baker Mayfield, and will a con, uh, quarterback controversy draw up more drama and have problems here? It's it's a really interesting situation. And I, when's the last time? the Cleveland Browns were this relevant in a team that you wanted to see play. I mean, I don't, I don't think they ever had made the playoffs in like 2002 or something like that. I think they made the playoffs once with um, Tim couch, right? Not Tim coach. Um, Derek Anderson. You and sure? Braylon Edwards. I love Braylon Edwards. Yeah. He was ridiculous. Put in, put in Cleveland Browns playoff appearances. I mean, long, long, let's get this right. 2002? 2002. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're right on, right on the money. Um, look, look at that season. Can you look at 2002 Cleveland Browns? There it is right there. Yep. Statistics and players. There you go. Is this Tim Couch or is this Derek Anderson? Tim Couch. Okay. You're right. Yeah. That's before Derek Anderson. Okay. Who's running the ball for him? Willie Green. Willie Green. Willie Green and, uh, and Jamel White. Jamel White. Okay. And catching the ball, you had, Quincy Morgan, Quincy Morgan, Kevin Johnson, Mark Campbell at tight end, old Marky Mark. 
Wow, that's a that's a no name bunch. Um, Earl Little, Earl Holmes, Robert Griffith, Anthony Henry, Bryant Boyer, Dwayne Dwayne Rod. Okay, how did they? Okay, they they made the playoffs. Well, this was 2002. Okay, maybe I just don't remember as much. Interesting. As far as who was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so be that. Okay, so we got off track there. Uh, okay, then the other guy they bring in is Carlos Hyde, right? And here is here, here's the interesting thing about what's going on with the backfield here. The Browns hired Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator. Okay, you'll remember Todd Haley from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Haley always utilizes running backs to their strength. I mean, you look at when Le'Veon Bell has been hurt over the course of the last few years, or suspended, or suspended, or or, or what have you, uh, whichever guy they replace him with. That's pretty well. Usually does pretty well. I mean, most recently, D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams. People win fantasy games. Exactly. So now you've got Todd Haley, which I think is a great hire for Cleveland, and he's going to have a backfield with Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Nick Chubb. Okay, so you've got another three-headed monster here, and obviously nobody is going to think Carlos Hyde is Le'Veon Bell, but I think. I mean, they went out and got this guy, so they have to like him. I th- I've been a huge – I had Carlos Hyde on a lot of my fantasy teams last season. I like him in general, even though I didn't have him. I, yeah. He's so underrated. Yeah. I mean, he, he – I mean, with the San Francisco 49ers, the numbers he put up on how bad that team was should tell you a little bit about how good this kid is. Um, last year, you know, we like you, you mentioned, Duke Johnson played into the slot. So if they utilize Duke Johnson in the slot – and don't use him in the backfield as much, then you could have more of a two-headed monster with Hyde and Chubb, which I think plays to the strength of this team as a whole. Um, and I think that's probably what they're going to do. Um, you know, Hyde has had some injury concerns, um, but Nick Chubb has had injury concerns too. He tore his left PCL, LCL, and MCL in 2015, if you remember. Yep. So, um, you can't just say, well, when Hyde gets hurt, Chubb will fill in and, he, and he'll be the guy. So, I mean, they both have injury concerns. Um, but I, I like Carlos Hyde. I think it's tough to put a stamp on it at this point, you know, which guy is going to be the guy. I think if I were to be a betting man, I would say Carlos Hyde is going to get majority of the touches. Um, I agree with that. I think that Nick Chubb coming off – I mean, he didn't just come off the injury, but he has that – crazy injury on his knee and yeah it's a lot of yeah. ligaments yeah being torn um i think hyde gets the early downs and i think he gets goal line and i think that duke johnson gets that pass catching so i think it's more of a one-two punch with them and then chubb coming in as a just a relief for hyde at times yeah i'm right with you and right now carlos hyde is the 27th running back going off the board and he's the number 58 overall player going off the board, according to Fantasy Pro's average draft position. Yeah, that's right above uh, Michelle, Nick Chubb's college teammate. Look at that. Yeah, Sony Michelle, he is 28 and 60. And Deion Lewis, Ronald Jones, Rashad Penny, Lamar Miller are guys that are above him. I would take Carlos Hyde over each one of those guys. Um, the only one I might not would be Ronald Jones. We'll get into the, the rookies next week or our next show. Uh, but I would definitely take Carlos Hyde over a few of those guys for sure. 
Yeah, right now I've got Carlos Hyde at 23, so a little bit higher. Um, you know, I've got him ahead of guys like Tevin Coleman, Marlon Mack, Marshawn Lynch, Joe Mixon even. Um, so, I, again, I like Carlos Hyde as a player. Um, you know, I've got him a little bit higher than, than the averages right now. So, so to cap this off, are, would you draft Tyrod Taylor? That's a very open-ended question, it is. I think. It is. Um, Let's say as your second quarterback. Oh, um, for sure. You would. Okay. Um, in a two-quarterback league, in a super flex league, would you draft mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor? I would as my third quarterback. Okay. I don't feel comfortable. Third quarterback, super flex. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of with you because I think uh, we can get guys that are – Guaranteed to produce a little bit more. Yeah. No matter if he has a good year or not, um, I, I I think I'm with you on that. Okay. The what do you? Let me just. Yeah. Okay. So what? Um, Taylor averages last three years as a starter in Buffalo, a little under three thousand yards, throwing seventeen yeah. touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, five twenty-five rushing yards, five touchdowns there, and three fumbles. So, right. So you get the running. Yeah, but he's not prone to put up a bunch of yards or right. touchdowns, but he does seem to take care of the ball. Yeah. 17 to five ratio and a 92 quarterback rating. Yeah. Not so bad. Not bad at all. But he does have some injury concerns. Uh, hasn't played a full season the last three years. Yeah. So that's my only concern. That's why I definitely feel okay with ha- having him as basically just my backup. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe play some matchup stuff with him there. Yep. Um, Carlos Hyde. Yes, absolutely. Target him. Um, obviously I think if you're talking running backs, there is like eight guys, you know, tier one, tier two, that I believe you need to have at least one of those top eight guys that are not in a quote unquote running back by committee. So these guys that are lone backs, you need to have at least one of them guys. And even, I mean, look at last year, I think even we were talking about already, Kamara and Ingram, I think when Ingram comes back, I still think Kamara is a top eight guy, is one of those guys yeah. that you need to have. Yeah. So, of those top eight, I, I, you know, obviously Carlos Hyde is not in that tier. But as a guy who, you know, you're, you're, you're RB3 on your team, if you, you have a flex spot, I think he could fit right into there. I think he'd be a really good help on your team this year. Nick Chubb remains to be seen. I don't know. You know, he's going to have to beat Carlos Hyde out in training camp. Watch preseason, basically. Let's see how this shakes out. Uh, yeah. We really can't comment on him right now. But as far as where I, what I like about Carlos Hyde, I think it's, it's pretty easy to, to, to like what you see when he's on the field. And then Jarvis Landry, obviously PPR leagues, he is a monster. He hasn't had – I mean, basically we bottom line this. We talked about him. You bottom line it, he hasn't had great quarterbacks throwing the ball already. Yeah. And so – why? Who's to say? I'm just. He can't have another. This is game. another preseason thing, I guess. I yeah. just want to watch this scheme and see yeah. how he fits in that offense. Right. And you, they paid him a lot of money, and it would be pretty foolish of them not to include him and not to work him in to their game plan. Yep. Every each and every week. So absolutely, David Njoku, I like. Yes. Um, I like him late uh, as a as a tight end sleeper this year. I think. I don't think enough people are talking about him yet. I think he can be your. You're starting tight end for all 16. Could be. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that work out time and time again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there you have it. Uh, That's our thoughts on the Cleveland Browns. 
um, Jimmy Graham and Alvin Kamara situation. Um, we're, I'm glad to be back talking fantasy football. Um, make sure you're checking out all of our social media accounts at Coach and Cole mm-hmm. on Instagram at Coach and Cole on Facebook at Coach and Cole on Twitter. Make sure you're checking us out on all those platforms. Make check sure it, you check us out on Friendster and check us out on LinkedIn. What? <laughs> yeah, I think we're on LinkedIn. I, I, I'm not sure, but I don't even know what Friendster is. Should I know what that is? I think it's something from like the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we're not on MySpace. I do I do know that much. We're, I, <laughs> I don't even think I've heard of that. Uh, well, you're checking out Friendster. Um, oh, yeah, it's a thing. Let's make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not an Apple user, we are on TuneIn Radio. Make sure you favorite us on TuneIn. 2002. It's a uh, social gaming site. Social gaming site. Yeah. Is that a friend a oh, friendly way of it was originally like a social networking oh, okay. service. Okay. Closed as a social gaming site, defunct as a social networking site. It is no longer around. Uh, according well, to that. All right. Don't check us out on Friendster. Yeah, because it is no longer around. We're not there. Um, make sure you check it out, gridironexperts.com. It's our first stop for everything fantasy football. And with that being said, Cool. Mm-hmm. Been fun. Second show of the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. We're getting a little bit tired, but we made it through. I hope it didn't come through the mic that we were. I don't think it did. I think we had a really nice night. I would say it was a win. It was okay. definitely a win. All it's right. our first double header we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a baseball player. Exactly. Oh, I just threw. I threw two perfect games and my shoulder's killing me. <laughs> well, grab some ice. And some room temperature water. You have yourself a good night. I'm gonna have myself a good night. Dude, that sounds weird. <laughs> it's been it's been real. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And all I know is we're signing off. And this has been the Coach and Cole Show Fantasy Football Edition. I'm the coach. Yeah, I am Cole. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Since you're pretty as soon as you came in the door. I just wanna chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remixing for low. She my track queen, let her hit the bando. We be counting up, watch up all them bands go. We just had it go, talking about the Very homoerotic. <laughs> Get to Old Navy to redeem your super cash. Use your Old Navy card in-store or online with your super cash to earn double reward points at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 6-2 to 6-10. Excludes gift cards. Double reward points offer subject to credit approval. Get to Old Navy to redeem your super cash. Use your Old Navy card in-store or online with your super cash to earn double reward points at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 6-2 to 6-10. Excludes gift cards. Double reward points offer subject to credit approval. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.